Welcome Mavs Nation to Mavs Cast, the Sports Ethos Dallas Mavericks podcast. This is your host again, Cove Kiss Hand, on Twitter at H-O-V-O-K-Y-O-S and the show Twitter at Ethos Mavs. Put us up over there. And I'm coming to you a couple days after the Mavericks' second game of the season, the home opener against the Grizzlies, where Mavs had a huge win uh, that was pretty much done from uh, from the start in, in the first half. Um, Going to talk through that, uh, the, the Mavs' recent domination of uh, the Grizzlies, uh, basically in the Luka and John Morant eras. Uh, yeah, Mavs have done pretty good, and this Luka guy is pretty good. This Christian Wood guy is pretty good. Uh, these Bang Bros are, are pretty good. Um, so talk a little bit about that and then also preview the next matchup, which is on Tuesday night against the Hot Pelicans. But that team might be a little shorthanded, so we'll cover a little bit of that as well. So game two, the home opener for the Mavs, we got to see the new arena, the new painted logo that's on there, the slightly grayish or should I say unsaturated uh hardwood floor um that we saw in uh in the fan jam uh, during the preseason um but you know everyone got to see it now on on the uh the actual stage uh the new jerseys matched you know the new logo pretty well uh sort of dark navy blue color uh, jerseys uh they don't they don't really pop much um i don't think they're that special they're not as uh as much of a statement you know pun intended not as much of a statement as the city jerseys uh which we'll see at some other point in the season which is kind of like the 70s uh aba sort of era and the semi-pro sort of era but um yeah, we got to see that. We got to see the same Mavs lineup that we saw in the opener. Uh, we did not get to see Frank Nilakina or Davis Bertans. Both of them were out again with injuries. Uh, Faku Capasso, the, the new addition to the Mavericks, um, had not started playing yet either. Uh, he had a work visa issue. Now, since that game, um, it's been reported that you know his his uh his work visa is fine, so he'll start getting acclimated in, into the lineup soon. Um, I'm not sure if that's going to happen as soon as this next game against the Pelicans. I wouldn't expect it, but it would be interesting to see how the minutes go, uh, especially you know with with how the Mavs are basically running, you know, staggering Spencer and Luca, um, and then basically running Josh Green out there as shooting guard. Um, oftentimes, Tim Hardaway Jr. is playing small forward alongside Josh Green, but, uh, you know, sometimes Tim Hardaway uh, is taking those shooting guard minutes. So it would be very interesting to see how many minutes Faku actually gets. Now, we know Jaden Hardy didn't get uh, any minutes in the opener and he was projected to be the other point guard off the bench um 
when Frank is out, right? So now you look at it and it's like, okay, all of a sudden, how crowded is the Mavericks backcourt? Um, it'll be interesting to see because none of these guys, I think, pops out that much yet um, to sort of command those minutes and have us not even question who's getting the minutes, right? So we'll see with Faku. We'll see when Frank gets back. Um, we'll see with Hardy's progression. Um, and then we'll see how that goes. So that'd be interesting to see. But staying on this game, we have the Memphis Grizzlies recently starting um, Santi Aldama at power forward because Jaron Jackson Jr. being out with injury. Uh, they have uh, John Contrar in the starting lineup, a pretty much a, a rebounding, very good rebounding small forward that was starting in place of uh, Dylan Brooks, who had missed the first couple games of the season. Um, and then the rest of it is the usual John Morant, Desmond Bain, and um, and Stephen Adams. The game started off with, um, you know, Luca giving us short speech at half court, <laughs> you know, getting a little bit more in the spotlight. Uh, he tends to be shy on these things. Um, you know, English, not his first language, and he kept it short, kept it very simple. Um, but yeah. It, you know, we come out here to watch Luca play, not give speeches. So, uh, but but that was cool to see. Um, open up, you know, um, the home court. So, what we saw right out the gate with this game is, I mean, pretty much started off as the the Luca show as it usually is, um, and then on the other end for the Grizzlies, it was it was the John Morant show. So what we saw was. Luca and Jaw scored the first 13 points of this game combined. Luca scored the first nine points for the Mavericks. And then Luca also scored or assisted on 27 of the Mavs' first 29 points. Um, Luca played again the entire first quarter. Uh, and then was subbed out, you know, to start the second quarter with Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, you know. They did the same sort of thing that we saw where after, I think in this game it was after seven minutes. Um, so around that six, seven minute mark, um, Spencer gets subbed out. They bring in uh, Christian Wood and Tim Hardaway Jr. Luca finishes off the first quarter, takes a rest, and then Spencer comes in and leads the unit to start the second quarter. And then Luca comes in um, for a bit before halftime. Um yeah, so those first 29 points, Mavericks jumped to a very large lead. Um, the other two points that Luka didn't score or assist on out of those 29 was basically an inbounds pass from Luka to, to Tim, who basically took one dribble and got fouled um, in, in the act of shooting and, and hit both of his free throws. So I don't know. I want to say Luka basically was responsible for all 29 of the Mavs' first points. Um, defensively, uh, what we saw a little bit of was Luca covering the key while JaVel switches up top. So, you know, JaVel basically doing more of the running around, uh, the double teaming and everything instead of staying anchored in the paint. And then they give Luca more of that responsibility. So presumably so he doesn't get as tired, but also so he doesn't get picked on if, if you know, um, like we saw 
the Suns do in a couple of games that uh, in the middle of that playoff series last year, um, which you know is leads into him getting more tired. So I feel like we're gonna see a lot of that continue throughout this year uh, and probably into the playoffs too. Sort of hide Luca. I mean, Luca of course is very skilled defensively, but he's not someone that obviously that you rely on like playing and play out to guard the other team's best player so i think a lot of that like shielding luca from that responsibility preserving his energy as well as he's pretty good in the lane honestly you know when when he's um, when he's given the effort when he's not fatigued uh, he gets hands up you know on 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 drivers he picks people's pockets he plays the passing lanes very well um he actually had like a sneaky steal um, after a Steven Adams defensive rebound uh, when he missed a shot and he didn't get a foul call. Uh, he and Steven Adams had, had a little bit of back and forth, um, you know, a few possessions in a row where, you know, Luca was asking for a foul and then, and then on the other end, you know, he doesn't get it on the other end. Steven Adams posts him up and all that. And then, uh, you know, there was this point where Luca goes up for a layup. He, he misses the layup. Looked like he might have gotten fouled. Steven Adams pulls down the rebound. Luca hides behind a player. Um, waits for Steven Adams to to toss a pass to the player that's behind Luca, and he just sticks his arm out and, and steals it and lays it back up. So um, that sort of like crafty thing because of Luca's IQ offensively um, and his passing vision offensively translates to basically defensive pass vision is the way I see it um, and I see a lot of that with Jokic as well Jokic not a great rim protector but a lot of the defensive stops that he gets uh, in the paint uh, are you know playing passing lanes or knowing where someone's going to put the ball uh, to dribble it or carry it and being able to get a strip there so um a lot of that sort of similarity that I see with Luca, and that's why I think they play him there. So Luca actually was getting on the offensive glass a lot, um, uh, you know, this game. Uh, there were a couple times where you know he he got nicked a little bit, you know, got got stomped on and everything. There was there there was a part where I got a little scared during um, you know one offensive rebound attempt where it looked like. Um, like he turned his ankle or something and you know those are those are the sort of reasons why you would not want Luca doing that but you know just to see his excitement in the game and, and try to do everything for the team um, definitely is is good to see in general but obviously um, you know it it's a long season it's a long season he's probably coming hard for the MVP at this point from what we saw you know the way he's opened the season um and that's good that's great you know good for him and everything but it is a long season uh, you know i'd want to see if if he does continue that sort of play every game this season which my guess would be no um javel had a really really great block on on adams really just rejected him like straight up um while adams was trying to score in the post um I think that was also the one where where Luca was going up for the block as well on him, uh, and Javel came over with the with the help uh, help defense. Um, so that's definitely you know 
what the Mavs got Javel for. But Javel again, was not playing uh, heavy minutes in this game, and I think that's the way that it's going to go um, for Javel this season. He only had 13 minutes um, against a team who's who's playing Steven Adams for 22 minutes, right? Um, but yeah, it's it's in line with what I had hoped for the Mavs because Christian Wood's playing 25 minutes and he should get more of those minutes and then Maxi's getting a lot of minutes at, at center too when it's just him out there and neither Christian Wood nor JaVale. But we actually did get to see uh, a few minutes of Christian Wood and JaVale together. So, um, you know, uh, Coach Kidd does look like he's going to experiment some with with Christian Wood at power forward. And then, of course, we do see tons of lineups with, uh, and we will continue to see tons of lineups with with Maxi and Wood um, playing together. And they sort of, it's sort of two bigs and not a center and a power forward um, when they're on the court because defensively they sort of trade off uh, center duties. I feel like Maxi uh, plays a center more often. Um, but of course, Maxi's a very switchable defender uh, as well, and you know sometimes he's switching on there, and, and Seawood picks up the the paint protection duties. But um, they hustle and and they cover ground too for that. So that's exactly what you like to see, um, especially in the defense like the Mavs, who um, you know like to remain very switchable one through five, uh, you know as much as they can with the personnel that they have there. Um, you don't necessarily want just a rim protector that's that's anchoring himself to the key. Um, and that's still what we see with JaVale McGee as well, right? But what it kind of tells us is we need multiple people who could uh, protect the rim, uh, even if just on a rotation and not just, you know, deterring drives to the rim like a Gobert style. Um, we need people who could rotate, come over and, and get those chase down blocks and and all that sort of thing, which we saw a couple of in this game. Um, Luca had the the rookie David Roddy guarding him uh, for much of this game, very unsuccessfully, of course. But also, it was not just him; it was double teams, triple teams. Very often, it was Luca going into the uh, triple teams, sort of baiting the Grizzlies into a triple team. There was one play ridiculous where he goes into the corner. You know, seeing that it's going to be a double turns into a triple. Uh, he passes around like sort of Mr. Fantastic, like stretches his arm around and passes behind John Morant's back while he's covered by John Morant and Desmond Payne trying to steal the ball from the other side uh, while Steven Adams is like a brick wall in front of him. And he's at the corner at, you know, behind the three point line and just stretches it around inside to under the rim, you know, easy bucket. Um, just stuff like that he was doing all game long um, post moves like I was I was looking at some stats today actually um, NBA.com stats for for possessions that are labeled as as post-ups um, Luca doesn't qualify for you know volume wise because the Mavs have only played two games but he averages five post-ups a game according to that data which is more than like the the fourth and fifth place with Pascal Siakam and, and Vucevic. Um, but he's averaging the highest points per possession 
on post-ups than anyone in the league. And that includes Jokic, who's like 1.12 around there. Um, and that's not even including the opportunities that he's creating out of there, right? Um, by passing out to, to his teammates um, through either ridiculous passes or, um, or you know, drawing double teams and, and uh, you know, his spin moves, post moves, up and unders that he has. It's just ridiculous. It's like... Yeah, this is going to be a special year for Luca, but I think we all know that. Um, Dorian Finney-Smith was another player that stood out massively, massively this game. Uh, where do I talk about all the things that he did? Um, he had this incredible block where he stayed with draw on a drive. And, you know, we all know how hard that is to do with player as explosive as draw. Drives into the lane, stays with him. I can't even call it a chase down block because... Dorian was basically attached to his hip the whole time, just denied him at the rim on a two-handed dunk attempt. So we've seen draw, you know, that elevation that he gets, which looks like a video game sometimes, um, or like an anime character, right? Doe basically just elevated and just stopped that that attempt before he even got to the rim, right? Uh, while, you know, Jaw had both hands on the ball, so absolutely incredible player and you know if anyone hasn't seen this before it's like this is a reason why um you know before we got to see christian wood play in the Mavs uniform people were asking is this the Mavs' second best player quite possibly right um he had another strip on draw on another explosive drive to the basket there so he was he was really giving draw some trouble draw had i think only 20 points um so yeah, the the Mavs really just pretty much put this game uh, away uh, from the start, right? Um, both of Bang Bros playing really hard defense. I'll just keep talking about great stuff that that Doe did. Uh, just going off my notes here. So he had this um, actually. So there was this very interesting play uh, where uh, they were sort of in transition. Uh, Mavs were mostly back uh, Doe was running he was up around the three point line where Luca drives in in front of the rim across the key and he saw Doe from the corner of his eye but Doe was all the way at the three point line and he had sort of slowed down to see if he should you know go for a spot up but they sort of had this connection where Doe basically just drove in Luca. And it didn't look like this at first, but Luca had this what looked like a reverse layup where he banked it off the, the glass and it didn't hit the rim. And I first, oh, okay, you know, when I first saw him full speed, it's like, okay, Luca misses the layup, does running in full speed, elevates, times it perfectly, gets the putback dunk, right? That's what I thought it was too. That's what the stats recorded as. And then Luca comes out and he says, no, that was actually a pass. I should have gotten an assist for that. Like, he's like, I wasn't going to shoot it if it wasn't going to hit the rim. Like, I wouldn't do something like that. And it's like, you look at it and it's like immediately, like the first time I looked at the replay, I'm like, oh, that's that's definitely a pass. Like where he threw it on the rim was definitely a pass. But the NBA does not record uh, assists off the backboard. Right, so e even if you know it's like okay, you believe Luca, like that's not going to be an assist. But that was an interesting play that that got a lot of buzz um, 
on uh, around the league. Um, though actually, you know, demonstrating some of his driving capability as well. There's going to be, you know, many players on this team that are going to drive and kick. It's going to be an emphasis. I think I mentioned some of this um, in the recap of the last game too, but not a lot of pull-up threes uh, from this team. I mean, some from Luka, of course, when he's like killer mode. But outside of that, don't expect a lot of, uh, you know, pull-up threes from this team. It's going to be a lot of driving in, dishing it out, open spot-up threes to the multiple three-point shooters, even from Spencer Dinwiddie. And I think that's what he does best as well. We saw him largely be a spot-up three-point shooter um, last year, um, you know, after he came over. But I think him naturally, you know, earlier on in his career, he was always a guy that, that drove in. He got a lot of free throws, uh, got a lot of dishes. And, um, you know, now that now that Brunson's gone and basically Spencer has a ton of minutes where he's called on to do that. And there was actually a lot of a lot of points in this game where Luca was on the court and he was, you know, just standing in the corner, you know, just, you know, trying not to drive every single play through Luca. And, you know, Spencer's running it in and, and dishing it out. So we're going to see a lot of this. We'll see more of it probably when Frank comes back. We'll definitely see more of it when Faku comes back. That's going to be part of the reason why they got him. Um, let's see. Let's talk about some other players. Uh, well, the main other player to talk about here is Christian Wood. Christian Wood had another outstanding game off the bench. He had 25 points in 25 minutes. He tacked on 12 rebounds to that. So now he's averaging, through two games, he's averaging uh, 10 rebounds, right? And he's averaging basically a point per minute. He had, what was it, 24 points last game, 25 this game. So he's averaging about 25 minutes and 25 points. Tacking on 10 rebounds to that and a block a game, right? His defense doesn't look as suspect as it did in a couple of the preseason games um, that I covered, but still still needs some improvement. I mean, against the Suns, uh, the interior defense basically wasn't there. They were getting bullied by Aiton, which is never a thing that you want to see because, you know, we know that if you bully Aiton, he might not bully back, right? Even if you're a guard guarding him, right? So definitely not complacent yet with, with Wood's defense, but I think with the team as a whole working together, I think it will get there as the season progresses. And really that's just more of like to get him on the court so he could stay on the court so we could see him in the closing lineup um, because his offense is just ridiculous, right? This guy is basically a point guard like a seven-foot point guard, right? Um, crossing people over, spin moves to the lane, just incredible. Like his, his passing ability as a big man, and I've said this before too, like not just as a big man, but, you know, one of the, one of the better passers in the league and one of the best passers at, um, at the center position in the league. Um, you know, one of the other 
big glaring things from him in his first game um, outside of his, you know, half-court offensive game uh, being so spectacular. You know, the red flag basically from the first game was uh, his free throws, right? He sort of killed the team on his free throws, uh, three for 10 in the first game. Well, he took 14 free throws this game. So he's averaging 12 a game so far. But he hit 12 of the 14, and he started out 5 of 5 from the free throw line. So did he try harder this game? Was it just a roll of the dice? I mean, for sure he understood his his mistakes. Um, Or not necessarily mistakes, but, you know, his, his poor performance from free throw line the first game. So... Let's hope this is more of what we see, 85%. I mean, he doesn't have to take 14 free throws. Um, It's great if he does it some games, but if he could give eight free throws and and make like at least six of them, right? This guy, I mean, keep him on the bench if you want, but give this guy 30 minutes off the bench, right? Keep him on the bench if you want. Give Javel his... 12 to 14 minutes. Um, there's nothing stopping this guy from winning six man of the year. Not even Jordan Poole, who's who's the favorite now. But if Christian Wood keeps playing like this, there's like there, there's no way that he's not, you know, one of the better six men in the past few years in the league. Um, Tim was hustling a lot on D. Uh, I like what I see out of him. Uh, of course, he doesn't, hold a candle on that end of the ball to to what we get from Reggie and Doe, but as our essentially our third wing defender, our first wing defender off the bench, um, he and Kleba, I would consider the wing defenders, right? Um, you know, it's he he's good enough for this team. He's not gonna be a glaring hole on this team. Now some plays maybe he, he you know he get he gambles a lot. He's a little jumpy. Um but he's hustling. He he loves his role here. I don't think he cares that he's off the bench. I mean as stacked as the Mavs bench is, I think that bench unit, you know, takes its own pride in in itself, you know, uh, being on that bench unit. Um, it's not the same as a bench for for other teams when you have Maxi, Christian, and and Tim on the same bench. Uh, you know, basically getting to play together, and they play together with Spencer all the time, and they get to play together with Luca all the time too. So I don't think any of these rotation players here on this team really care um, what their general role is, right? Um, man, I have so many Luca notes here, and I will not get through all of them. So I got I got to talk about some other uh, players. Javel actually, um, he came in. I mentioned this. Javel came in for Kleba in the second, and he shared the court with with Christian Wood. So we didn't get to see a lot of that, and probably the game script had a little bit to do with that as well. Um, but I definitely want to you know, see more of that as it goes on, try that out. Um, I mean, if they're going to keep playing JaVale these low minutes and they're going to rely more on, on Maxi and Wood and just, you know, not care who's on the bench and who's not, um, it won't really matter as much because we're going to get tons of Maxi and, and Wood lineups anyway, which might 
achieve the same purpose, um, but in a different way, as I mentioned. You get more shooting, obviously, and you also get this sort of switchability, right? Um, but also one of the reasons why Javel didn't play as many minutes and also didn't, you know, didn't get to see an extended period with with Wood and Javel together on the court is he picked up three fouls in about eight minutes. Um, so yeah, it's that's a Javel thing. There's one thing I also mentioned too. It's like even if you plan on playing Javel a lot, not only is a player that is great in short bursts, he's a very energetic player, but he's very mistake prone which includes his fouls. You know, some of the fouls were not just like him playing hard defense and he got bad calls, right? So, so yeah, this is just part of it with Joel, and that's why the Mavs need to make sure that they have enough big men in those events where, you know, you may want to and you may plan to play Joel extended minutes. You're not necessarily going to be able to whenever you want. Um, Dinwiddie bodied up draw on a on a post-up drive i call it post-up drive basically it's driving through the middle through the key backing down draw and it looks like he's driving into the lane but he's just backing them down and he's able to just to take them all the way down and you know um, get whatever shot he wants so um we all know you know draw defensive liability i mean we look at we look at the criticisms of luca people putting him on level on par with you know like trey young in terms of defensive liability um i think that's crazy i think draw is on that level and i think uh luca is a much higher level and you know luca is sort of like we know well not everyone knows this but Harden actually has a lot of defensive skill. Problem with Harden, as most people know, is the effort that he puts on that end, which is a problem with Luka a lot of times as well. But um, but I think Luka has that same sort of skill. He's a big body. He typically guards forwards, and you know he, he guards players that are posting up. He prefers that, right? So... You know, Luca. there's places you could put him defensively, which are fine, right? And if your offense is doing great, Christian Wood is leading your offense for stretches of the game, even with Luca in the game where he's sort of letting Wood do his thing while he's on the court. I think, you know, Luca having the energy to put in, to, in on defense, if Tim's on his game, if Spencer's on his game, if Christian's on his game, Luca's a, di- a completely different tier than John Morant um, defensively. So, and I think this game uh, definitely showed that. Um, let's see. Little, little more on the arena. Actually, one thing I really loved was the microphone on the rim, and they put an echo on it. You know, there was some some parts where it was a little like too artificial, too loud, but when someone hits a swish and it's a beautiful sound, I love that they did that. Um, I haven't really seen it with other arenas, so I don't know, you know, how prevalent that is in the league right now. Um, but American Airlines Center has it, so it's great. And we're going to see a lot of swishes, um, 
you know, this year. And here, a lot of swishes this year um, from the maps. Uh, let's see. They left Dramaran open at three much of the time. So it's something to look out for facing the Lakers, facing the Nets, you know, Ben Simmons, Russell Westbrook. We're seeing how defenses are treating them now. Um, ben Simmons is actually going more under the rim now. He's sort of hiding. He's kind of in like a dunker position, but like a hiding position. Like he passes the ball and like gets out of the way to where, you know, the only thing he could really do from that point is is get a rebound, right? Offensive rebound. Um, so we'll see if we see more of that that sort of uh, strategy that the Mavs employ against some of the worse, um, you know, guard shooters in the league and there are a couple of the contenders that do have them um we saw the first first minutes of Jaden hardy in a regular season game in his career um it was not pretty particularly offensively it was not pretty he had a couple bad turnovers um he traveled after attacking a closeout on the baseline he stepped out of bounds, um, you know, trying to drive in, you know, when you put your plant foot back. So he was, you know, at the at the sideline, puts uh, um, plant foot back and just out of bounds right away before he could even, you know, show his ability to get to the rim. Um, he missed several threes. He actually finished 0 of 3 or 0 for 3 for 0 points, so... Definitely not the best debut, but it was garbage time minutes, right? Basically, the entire bench got minutes. McKinley Wright got minutes. Um, Powell, Dwight Powell, our old friend, got his first minutes of the season as well. And Tyler Dorsey. Tyler Dorsey actually had a pretty good game here. A very good game in his limited minutes. Four minutes. He went four for four. He knocked down a three, grabbed a couple rebounds. Um... I mean, this guy's got skill. Uh, a lot of Mavs fans were, were saying to cut him right away, but he's a good guy to have on this roster. Um, break glass in case of emergency. He might be, I don't know, he might be more useful than Bertans in certain situations. Now I want to talk about the next game against the Pelicans just a little bit. Uh, the Pelicans actually started off on fire. They destroyed Brooklyn in the first game of the season. Uh, now Brooklyn has their own issues, but Jonas Valanciunas is looking great. Um, it looks like, you know, he's able to play alongside Zion. Um, of course, JV could spread the floor, but those two are just dominating on rebounds. Actually, the entire team is a great rebounding team as a whole. So that's something to look out for. Um, but the Pelicans are going to be shorthanded by at least Brandon Ingram is the expectation. So Brandon Ingram got a concussion this past game. He's expected to be out until at least Friday. So we shouldn't expect to see Brandon Ingram out there. Zion is also a game-time decision. He took a really nasty fall to the floor, um, sort of landed on his hip. Um, on the hardwood there so um, hopefully he's all right and it looks like he is going to be all right um, in the long term 
you know, he might miss one or two games, I think. But, you know, as of as of recording this, he's he's game time decision and the game's tomorrow. So, um, you know, we might be facing a Pelicans team without Zion. And also Herb Jones is game time decision with the knee injury. I'm not sure how serious that one is, but we might be looking at a lineup of, you know, CJ McCollum and Jonas Valanciunas as their only um, regular starters um, starting against the Mavs. However, this is a very deep team on their own right. So, um, you know, Mavs still need to be careful with this team. Now, if Sion is playing, uh, this is a very big team. So I'd be interested in seeing, uh, you know, how they guard uh, Zion. You know, probably not putting JaVale on him. Um, who even guards him on on the bench unit, right, is taking that responsibility is Luca possibly taking that responsibility um, of guarding Zion a bit um, so yeah that'd be interesting to see I mean there's there's not too many people you feel comfortable with guarding Zion anyway it's sort of like a team effort but with this team full strength um, they are very scary this is going to be a playoff contender for sure the Mavs have I would say a high chance of meeting them in the playoffs, um, regardless of how far either team gets in the playoffs. Um, so it's going to be interesting, but without Brandon Ingram, of course, we're not going to get to see, um, what it really looks like. So the Mavs should be able to take this game. Um, but yeah, so those are some of the things that, um, I'm looking forward to seeing in this next game. Um, and then I'll come back with another episode after this game and then prepare for, the following game, which will be on Thursday against the Nets. That should be fun. I will talk to you all later. Peace.